Lambert. Welcome to the second episode of Cop Talk, uh, the podcast. I'm one of the authors of the book Cop Talk. I'm joined here with my brother, Mark, who's also a peace officer and co-author of the book. And our host of the night, Brent Berzicki. Brent? Yes, Jim. How you doing tonight? Uh, tonight, so far, so good. How about you? Uh, you know, another day in paradise. Mark, how you doing? Not bad. How about you? Here we go. The old delayed response, making us wonder if he's there. Brent, why don't you uh, let everyone know what we're going to be talking about tonight? Uh, well, tonight we're going to hit on about three or four different questions. I know Mark had mentioned that he has a couple other things to add. Plus, we're going to run into one of the local problems that we're having uh, regarding a brand new police station in our area. Other than that, do you want me to run down website and all that right now? Uh, why don't we cough that out at the end? Personally, I'd like to know what Mark's having for dinner as soon as we're done. I'll, I'll, I'll type it to you. Oh, that's nice. Let me guess. It's garlic chicken, just like last week. Mark's a very structured no. individual. Not to, not to get off topic, but Mark cannot actually type and talk, so I would refrain from typing, Mark. I'll try Okay, so do we want to roll right into the questions for today, or do you guys have any other news you want to bring yeah, up Yeah, you said we uh, we had quite a few hits this week on the site. Why don't we take some of those questions, and uh, we'll see what people are asking. All right, well, let's start with one, and then uh, we'll go from there. So first question comes from a reader of the website, sent it in on the Ask a Cop section. If you have a couple that's split up, and there's two vehicles between them, one takes one vehicle, the other takes the other vehicle. Both vehicles are registered to only one of the two. <laughs> this gets a little bit complicated. Can the one that has their name on the title report the car stolen if the other individual refuses to give it back? Also, would the fact that both names are on the registration or only one make a difference? Mark? Well, ba basically... Whoever's name is on the title is the owner of the car. A lot of times we run into that. It's a big civil issue where um, a couple owns a couple of cars, they split up, and all of a sudden it's a tug of war over the cars. Now, in a civil matter, you really can't report the car stolen. Um, there's a lot of circumstances that come into play, but generally, if your name is on the title, you could have the police go to the house where the car is and do a civil standby while you get the car back. Basically, it'd come down to whoever's name is on the uh, the title. Um, if both names are on the title, then it becomes a civil issue. You'd basically have to go to court, have a judge decide who gets the uh, who gets the vehicle. So, so it, well, I, I guess my question would be is. Is that something that the police are going to resolve that night, or is that something that's going to be an ongoing problem between that couple? Well, if one person's name is on the title, just that one person, they could go there with the police, a civil standby, to get the car back, um, because that person has the right to the car. If both names are on the title, then the police can't decide who gets it. I mean, they'd have to flip a coin. So basically, they're going to tell the people it's a civil matter, you need to go to court, and uh, have a judge decide. So can you just expand just a little bit on what a civil matter or, excuse me, what a civil standby is and how somebody would go about getting one of those? Well, instead of just going there and trying to take the car back themselves and have somebody come out of the house, either an angry boyfriend or husband or whatever, and then have things escalate from there, you call a police officer, tell them you want a civil standby, they'll meet you down the street, 
Uh, then you would both go to the house, and the police officer would basically stand by um, or assist you in getting the, the car back to make sure there's no uh, escalating problems. And that that's a valid 911 call, or is that something that you try to call in during a business hour? To... No, 911 calls are basically just for emergencies. Um, like if you go to take the car back yourself and the guy starts shooting at you, that would be a valid 911 call. But uh, as for a civil say, standby, that would be just the non-emergency line. And that's 24 hours you can call dispatch, but you just use the non-emergency uh, number directly to dispatch and tell them you want a civil standby. And that goes for all kinds of uh, issues where you need a police officer to stand by for something. Well, it's not, I mean, it's not usually something that people know even exists other than, you know, hitting 911 and getting the police. They don't even, they don't. It's not a widely publicized number, so something good to know. Right, and civil standbys goes for all kinds of stuff. If uh, roommates or somebody moves out of the house, they want to go back and uh, get some property, but they they feel there may be issues, um, any kind of a landlord-tenant type dispute. If a uh, husband gets kicked out of the house and she gets a restraining order or vice versa and they, the other party needs to go back to get property, all that is a good excuse for a civil standby because with a police officer there, one person can't say, you know, that something happened that really didn't. So civil standbys are good when you think there might be escalating problems. Well, and in your in in the past history that you've either done them or had to go to them, um, is that something that somebody's going to see an average response time on, or is that something that they should plan on and plan ahead for? It all depends. If it's a police department that's not very busy. It may get dispatched immediately if it's really busy. It's uh, it's not a priority call. So if it's a busy police department or a, you know, like a Friday night or Saturday night when things could be really busy for the police department, you may have a, you may have a wait. So the best thing to do would be call the police department or the dispatch and ask how long there might, you know, the a wait would be for a civil standby. Right. So not don't don't walk into a situation expecting somebody to show up immediately and then have it all blow up in your face, I guess. Right. All right, Jim, anything to add to that? Uh, yeah. That's actually a pretty good question because a lot of people don't think about that. But say you have two people in a relationship living together, say like Brent and Mark, and oh, uh, they decide to – Let me tell you. I'm just using that hypothetically. But all if right. they get a vehicle and uh, get it registered or change registrations, they really pay attention to those uh, how the registration's worded, the names. If the registration says Brent and Mark, then any decision made with that car regarding even a sale or any civil possession, that's something that's going to be split down the middle in the court because it has both names with the word and in between. If the registration is worded Brent or Mark, then either one of those people can take action with the car because it it separates the two names. So there's a big difference between name A and name B or name A or name B on how that's on the registration. So if you're getting involved in a, uh, a relationship or a new status in life and you add someone to the title on your car, you better make make sure and pay attention how that's worded on the registration. And a lot that was of times almost a swear that, word. The clerk at that was the clerk. Well, you can beep it out, but the clerk at DMV is not going to uh, not going to specify. You got to really watch how they put that down. And that's something that they actually you you can sort of you, you do that at the time of registration for the vehicle. There's a yeah, check you box. Should... You could check and or you could check or. So or. you make sure and okay. check the one you want. 
Yeah, and I mean, in tying in with what Mark said, if we go to a civil standby and a person presents a registration that says their name only, or the the two, the person in possession of the cars is going to be the one that keeps the car. If if it's both names involved, there's nothing we can do about it. So even if someone calls for a civil standby, it's something that's going to have to be resolved in court. Yeah, that's uh, well. I guess in Mark and I's relationship, it's going to have to be or because I'm taking the cars. Hey, so. let's break up the questions with in the news. Two California uh, men had what they thought was a good idea for making a few bucks, breaking into a 40,000-square-foot building and stealing copper wiring from the vacant building. They ran into a bit of a problem by picking the wrong time to break into the Antioch, California building. Hey, I could use names, right? It was all over the news anyway, so I could use names, right? If it's in the news, it <laughs> it's sure can. It's in the news. It's all over the Internet. When James Ayers, 26, and Frederick Gulley, 38, decided to break into the building, the Antioch Police Canine Unit was using the building for a training exercise. A police officer was hiding inside the building for the police dog to practice, trying to find him. When the canine officer <laughs> shouted out that a dog was about to be released and anyone inside should come out of the risk being bitten, Ayers surrendered immediately. The two were arrested on suspicion of commercial burglary. They picked the wrong building, I guess. Yeah, you don't usually pick the canine training building to try to commit the crime. No, right? no. Okay, next question. So um, real quick on that same thing, you know, it's incredibly dangerous to actually steal that type of wiring because, you know, as the guy found out in Fremont that went down into the manhole and stole the wiring from the Verizon lines, uh, things can blow up when you mess with that stuff. Oh, yeah, I, I have pictures of uh, two guys that tried to steal some wiring from a uh, power pole, and basically mm. their charred remains... Um, there's a picture of their charred remains at the bottom of the pole, basically in the position they were in when one of them actually uh, touched the wrong wire. So, yeah. So, basically, it wasn't worth the recycling fee is what you're saying. <laughs> no. Nope. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, no, and that's actually been a, that's been a huge topic. I know it's been a huge issue around where I live is that type of uh, commercial burglary because so many properties out here are not um, are, are vacant right now or foreclosed that people are going in and, and taking advantage of that ability that nobody's there to, you know, see the crime ever. We've got a... Right, well, so uh, go, go ahead, Jim. Every time the copper goes up, uh, you see that all over the place. So anyway, go ahead, Jim. You just came back inside. Go ahead. I thought that was you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anything, Jim, if not question two is going to be uh, next here. No, I'm good. All right, so question two, and then we'll do, do you have more of the in the news stuff oh, for I've got, later? I've got plenty. Wonderful. Okay, so we can break those up into each of the questions then. So I've been charged with a Class B misdemeanor, which is a bummer. Is it legal for me to carry an unloaded, open-action rifle in my truck while on probation? Oh, man, what a this is like a triple threat here. Well, I don't even want to touch that one. He better check with his probation officer and see what the terms of his uh, probation is. If it says may not possess or own a firearm, then it's going to be totally illegal for him. Generally, in a lot okay. of states, it's not illegal to carry an unloaded firearm. But in okay. terms of your probation, if you're on parole or been convicted of domestic violence or terms of probation say you cannot own a firearm, then it then it'll be against the law. So he needs to check what the terms of his probation is. Well, let's take it back a step. Let's take out the misdemeanor. Let's take out the probation. 
and let's just answer the question of is it legal in most states to carry it unloaded open action and does rifle or handgun matter and if it's in the vehicle where should it be and what should people be doing to properly carry a weapon well if it's not as long as it's not concealed because that becomes a law when it's a concealed weapon i mean if if you're carrying a gun in a gun rack in the back of your pickup truck which i don't know why someone would do that unless you live in you know timbuktu where there's a lot of hunting going on if a police officer pulls you over for something they're probably going to have their gun out or their hand on their gun just being knowing that there's a gun in your vehicle um but in a lot of states it is legal to carry a unloaded um firearm as long as it is not concealed and and not in the vicinity of the ammunition correct right in fact there's that big open carry um movement going on here in california where people are going to coffee shops a large group of open open carry advocates are carrying unloaded guns on their hip and the ammunition on the other side on their belt which is perfectly legal um the trouble is a lot of them have an empty magazine in the gun so the gun may appear to be loaded um so it's kind of hard to very hard to verify that (laughs) it is so a police officer would basically a police officer has a right to uh contact them and make sure the gun is not loaded but it is legal to carry an unloaded gun um in a lot of states okay so (laughs) i i mean this is a great topic to talk about and something i wanted to bring up is this open carry thing we've heard about it in the news here for I don't know. It's been at least what the last four or five months. It's been a pretty hot topic around here. Right. So, uh, I mean, how does this? How do you guys take this? Active on the street officers that have to go confront a bunch of open carry people. Yes, it's, we know it's legal. That's fantastic. That's the letter of the law. So, how does this affect your guys' decision making when you're on scene or when you're trying? When you're, I mean, I, I'd be kind of, uh, you know, this would this would worry me a bit. So what are you guys, I mean, how are you guys handling that in the field? Well, I haven't come across it yet, but technically the officer has a right to make sure the gun's not loaded. But being that the guy didn't do anything wrong, if the gun is unloaded, they really don't have a right at that time to run names for warrants or background checks or anything, which worries me because you could have a parolee out there doing that. And if you don't have the right to run his name to see if he has a right to carry a gun or not, um, you could actually have parolees out there carrying guns and ammunition okay so you go to your local coffee shop for a coffee there's a guy sitting there i mean are you you're telling me that i have i have no ability to contact that guy because he's got a gun on and no i no id no anything that shows that he's in law enforcement or security possibly no uniform from what the open carry law states you have a right to contact them and if he says hey i'm exercising my right open carry the guns unloaded you have a right to check the weapon to make sure it is not loaded and that's if it is unloaded he's not doing anything wrong that's basically the end of the contact i'm there's a lot of other things that could come into play if, if someone well i i don't know if i'd want to have the guy hand me the gun yeah well i, I think in a situation like that you would to. have the right to tell him i'm going to remove the gun and check it and see right but, i mean th- this thing is all so new now And some departments have seen a lot of it. Other departments have not seen it at all. So this thing is all so new. um, They're still kind of experimenting with what can be done, what can't be done. 
Yeah, I guess there's not a good solution either because even the normal person on the street, I mean, I, I've been in law enforcement for a long time. I, I sort of know what to look for. I sort of know what people should and should not be doing. Yet, this guy's <clears throat> this guy's sitting there with, you know, a gun on his side with no ID, with no anything, with a, you know, we don't know who he is or what he is unless he's wearing a shirt that says, I support open carry. It's going to be a, you know, I, I would assume it's going to increase the amount of calls that are going to be coming in. Well, that's happened. Um, you know, people aren't. If someone sees a gun and a holster on the someone's belt, they expect to see a badge displayed also because you assume it's hope. a detective or something. But if some guy's or in a, a pair of jeans, security guard or something, yeah. yeah. But if some guy's in a pair of jeans and a, you know, a, a t-shirt, um, with a gun, yeah, with a gun on his side, people are gonna wonder about that. So it's it's still in a very experimental stage, and the the open carry movement is really pushing forward and trying to test the boundaries and and see and they do have a lot of rights you know they're like i said a police officer can't do records checks of the uh the gun or the person um basically unless other things come into play so it's there's still a lot to find out about it and i i don't know that just I'm all for having rights and right to bear arms and all of that stuff. I just worries me that, you know, we could be out doing something a little bit more important than hunting down the open carry people at the Starbucks. Right, so, right. So, Jim, anything on that one or you want to move on to the new, the next in the news? No, I'm good. All right. When, when an Illinois man broke into an apartment to steal a plastic jug filled with about $400 and change, he apparently had in mind buying drugs and returning to a motel to get high. His plan might have worked except for one small problem. He left his identification card at the apartment. Police say Robert Allen Fry of Rock Island, Illinois, used his Department of Corrections ID card to jimmy the lock of the apartment and left it at the scene of the crime. He was arrested the following day at a motel. Fry was charged with burglary, possession of drug paraphernalia, and interference with an investigation. Fry, 43 years of age, previously served two years and three months of a 10-year sentence for, guess what, guys? Uh, breaking and entering? Burglary and was released in prison <laughs> in January. Say it ain't so. And what was his ID card? Uh, <laughs> Department of Corrections ID card. Wh- and he worked there? Oh, no, 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 no. He was given oh. his, he was given a parolee card when he left. Oh, God, okay. Uh, his parolee, I'm a parolee card. <laughs> Which but the charges for being in possession of a weapon were not filed as to not violate his right to uh, open carry. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> Gerald F. Rohr Jr. has been sentenced to Indiana prison for robbing a bank by handing a teller a note demanding money from which was written on one of his own checks. Authorities said Rohr, a crack addict, also robbed another bank with a note written with handwriting so bad that he had to read it to the teller. Stupid hey, excuse criminals. Me, what, what does that say? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's just horrible. Uh, All right. So, yeah, that's... Uh, wow. Well, let's move on to a, a more serious question. <laughs> or serious problem. So, question three brings us into the problem of... Well, I'll, I'll read it and I'll let you guys uh, dissect this as needed. So, um, I was pulled over for speeding. The cop commented that I was setting a bad example as a Christian because my license plate reads, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven by God who is. He proceeded in questioning my faith and my Christianity. 
is that okay to judge, belittle, or put me down? Well, I could say the answer to that is no, but let's dive into it a little deeper. Well, since Jim has a habit of belittling people on traffic stops, we'll let him start. Well, that sounds good to me. Yeah, you know, I got nothing, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, that was belittling right there. It was. Go right ahead. <laughs> anyway, hey, you know, a lot of cops try to break the ice on traffic stops. I worked as a motor unit for four years and some people are really nervous they're afraid they're angry so i've used jokes or humor to uh to try to you know break the ice and make the stop go basically whatever pleasant it could however pleasant it could be when you get a ticket but uh there could be a line to cross i mean the officer there may have made a joke about it you know saying hey if you really were a christian you wouldn't be speeding or whatever he said i don't know may have been trying to break the ice. Um, you know, it, if it clearly offended you and you said something to him and he kept at it, um, if you felt it was over the line, there's there's options people could take. Um, they, they could make a complaint to the on-duty supervisor, just say, I really didn't appreciate that. They could file a formal complaint at the police department if they thought it went too far. But, I mean, you got to understand, a lot of times cops will say something just to break the ice and... We don't know if the guy really crossed over the line and kept at it, um, but well, if I mean, that we don't, person we don't felt... know if any we don't we don't know if any of this happened. Right. Yet, right. But you know, it really comes down. I mean, I, I see a lot of stickers. I see a lot of decals. I see a lot of stuff on the back of a lot of cars when you pull them over. Right. And I guess the question is, is well, I mean, I, I guess the question comes down to is what should people expect at a traffic stop in general? I don't. I mean, I, I, I understand the the breaking the ice, that type of thing, joking around. That I mean, well, as long as it's not a serious offense that you're pulling this person over right. for. Right. I mean, her question. I mean, I think most people in their life has gotten a ticket. Um, so they know the basic behind getting a ticket. The officer comes up, license, registration, insurance, explains what you did wrong, blah blah blah. You get the ticket. Here's your court date. So I think most people know what a ticket is. But I think this this. Uh, listener's question was saying that the the officer made fun of a bumper sticker uh, that she had on the back, and then she felt like it went too far. I mean, you know, we pulled over people before that were drug dealers with a bunch of drugs in the car. Then they have a dare bumper sticker on the back bumper or a bumper sticker that says, I support the local police. So you can't help but make fun about something like that. So, hey, officers have a sense of humor, too. Sometimes it's a sick sense of humor, but... You know, in a situation like that, they may make a joke about something. Um, if they cross the line, there are there is an avenue for that. But, you know, may, maybe this listener didn't have a sense of humor. And when the cop made the joke, she took it wrong. So. Yeah. Well, I, I guess you can take anything wrong, right. really. So, all right. Well, I, I think in a future show, I think we should probably dive pretty deep into what to expect at a traffic stop, what's expected of you, what the cops are thinking on the way up, that type of thing to give people a really good idea of, you know, maybe to try to take a little bit of that fear away from that. Well, unless they're true criminals, then they can have all the fear they want. Pencil that down for a future show, Brent. Yeah, that'll be episode uh, 23. No problem. <laughs> we got 20 to go, but we're good. Thieves thought they had a great idea when they stole 14 cell phones that were stored at the town of Babylon, New York, Public Works Garage, and planned to sell them for a profit. 
Their plans went array when the phones turned out to be GPS system devices, which led police straight to their door. When city officials found the devices missing, they immediately turned on their GPS system, which showed one of the devices being used inside a house. When police arrived, they found 46-year-old Carl Husfeldt holding the device in his hand. I, I think that's caught red-handed. Husfeld was arrested for possession of stolen property. His 13-year-old son and 20-year-old Steve Mangi, I'm not even going to try that name, was charged with the actual theft of the devices. And this was a phone, you said? Yes, with GPS. So they should have just called him and told him that he was under arrest, but that's okay. <laughs> well, you know what? There's a lot of things out there that are GPS activated now, a lot of the phones and everything. So something for criminals to keep in mind, you steal something with a GPS, it could come back and bite you. Why are we uh, letting them to... keep that in mind? <laughs> so Why are we I, telling I to... them? <laughs> well, it's too late now. Hopefully they you won't listen to You don't to think the they show. know? They don't care. Uh, you'd be amazed, though. I mean, with the computer issues that we've been having lately with people invading people's privacy through webcam interfaces, uh, through all these other issues that we've been seeing, I think a lot of people just don't plain understand the technology that's in their hand in many cases and what kind of trouble it can get them into. I mean, GPS, uh, the, with Twitter and all these other location-based services, i got to tell you, I, I'm amazed more people don't have more problems. I don't think I want everybody to know that I'm on the corner Starbucks every single day at 10 o'clock. I don't I just kind of thing scares me a bit. Wearing an unloaded gun? Potentially. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll wear my shirt, though, that says open carry. So, all right, so before we dive into this last one, because it's a pretty, it's going to probably take a few minutes to talk about it. What, is there any other topics you guys want to touch on today? Oh, I certainly do. Oh, well. Right in front of my hot little hands here, I am reading the police report from the local police department in the city that I live. And it shows basically their police log for a couple of days here. And I'm going to get started right into it here. Theft. At 10.03 a.m., a caller reported a briefcase was taken from an unlocked vehicle on the first block of blah, blah, blah lane. Burglary residents. A caller reported at 5.43 p.m. that the back door of a residence in the 800 block of blah, 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 blah was kicked in and the residence was burglarized. Suspicious circumstance. At 8.17 p.m., a caller reported that a man was trying to break into a vehicle on the 500 block of blah, 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 blah. Burglary auto. A vehicle on the 600 block of blah, blah, blah was reported burglarized at 8.41 burglary auto a window smash burglary to a vehicle on such and such road was reported at 9 39 p.m you want the other 25 so in in what time frame did these all happen so you're telling me there's 25 incidents for how long um with the, the ones i just read was just from one day one day yeah here's here and, we'll go on to the next day theft a tv was reported stolen from the lobby of a business the 2200 block of whatever, whatever, Boulevard at 4.40 a.m. How is the TV stolen from the lobby of a business without somebody seeing? Burglary Auto, a gym bag was reported stolen from a vehicle in the first block of whatever circle. I'm not going to give street names here. Whatever circle at 8.27 a.m. Now tell me, the person in that one probably thinks it was just a gym bag. But to a crook, it could be a laptop case or something. Theft. Two callers reported seeing men steal mail from mailboxes in the 500 block of Boulevard 
at 2.43 p.m. and at 5.44 p.m. Okay, In that case, it would be very wise for the people to get a license plate number. That would have been good. Burglary or, auto, a locking, or a locking mailbox. Yeah, A stereo was reported stolen from a vehicle in a garage, parking garage in the 100 block of whatever. I'm just going to say... Just don't... Uh, just don't give names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say March Drive. We'll call it March Drive for all these streets at 5.10 p.m. You know, most stereos now have removable faceplates or pull-out stereos, so it probably wouldn't have been stolen if the person did that. Burglary Auto, a caller reported at 10.54 p.m. that a vehicle in the first block of March Lane was burglarized. Uh, a DUI, uh, another DUI... Uh, and this, just just so we all understand here, this town that you live in is a relatively nice town or yeah, crummy this, town? No, this is considered a low-crime town. And you're talking 25 relatively, relatively good incidents in a day. Let's continue. And, well, over the course of a few days. Now, let me go through them all, and then, I'll, then you tell me what the drift seems to be on most of these crimes. Uh, burglary auto, a purse and GPS were reported stolen from a vehicle on the 300 block of March Road at 9.26 a.m. And another vehicle on the 200 block was reported uh, burglarized at 9.56 a.m. So a purse and a GPS unit were left in plain view. Like, duh, somebody's going to take that. Uh, auto well, that, theft, seems to be the, that seems to be how all of them are. Yep. At 10.44 p.m., a caller reported items taken from an unlocked vehicle on the 2300 block of March Boulevard. Another DUI. Well, a lot of DUIs, too. Burglary Auto. The window of a vehicle on the 500 block of March Road was reported broken at 11.54 a.m. and items taken. Burglary Auto. A backpack was reported stolen from a vehicle on the 600 block of March Way. Now, again, someone may say it's just a backpack to a thief. They're thinking, oh, it could uh, have a laptop, could have all kinds of stuff in it. A miscellaneous disturbance. Theft. An iPod, credit card, and papers were reported taken from an unlocked vehicle in the 400 block of March Road. Okay. Why would you leave that stuff in a car, and especially an unlocked car? Burglary uh, maybe residence. Not, maybe it's not theirs. At 9.29 a.m., a caller reported that a maintenance shed in the 100 block of March Drive was burglarized. All right. Put a lock on it. Burglary residence. Uh, burglary auto. So, 10.38 a.m., a vehicle on the 200 block of March Parkway was reported burglarized. Theft. Okay, I, can't take, I can't take any more depression. A caller reported Let's stop. mail stolen from a mailbox. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll ad lib. A bicycle reported stolen from an enclosed patio. A vehicle reported stolen from uh, blah, 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 blah. Malicious mischief. Caller reported at 631 that a mailbox was run over by the driver of a vehicle, probably from one of the DUIs that I mentioned. Burglary residence, burglary auto, burglary auto, burglary auto, theft, theft, burglary from a business, burglary auto, burglary auto, burglary residence, theft, auto theft, burglary auto. So all so, of those were in a few days from a low crime town. Now, most people wouldn't even know about that unless you read the paper or listen to a police scanner they think they live in mayberry and there's no crime i can guarantee you if the every police department in every city put a log like this together i don't care what city you live in high crime low crime you know gated community whatever there's there's a lot of 
crime. We we talked about this in the last show. The criminal's job is they work nights. They go out, they walk through neighborhoods, they walk through parking lots, they try car doors. If it's unlocked, they rummage through, see what's in there. Um, if it's locked, normally they'll go on to another car. But if they see something inside, they don't care if it's locked, they're going to smash the window and grab it. And this is a prime example right here. This is just a few days from the town I live in. And you heard how many auto burglaries that, that there were. Okay, so I found a website this week when I was looking for topics for today's show. And uh, it's kind of interesting. It's called crimereports.com. And it appears, and I'm not going to vouch for any of this because I haven't looked into this deep enough to say that this is all legitimate information, but basically it seems like this site is your report, but it actually shows you physically on a map where those actual crimes happen in relation to where that person might live. So you can actually supposedly go here, and it will give you email alerts or update your phone or 50 other ways, it seems, that they're connected through the social networks to be able to give you alerts of the crimes that are happening around you, which is actually input by law enforcement agencies. So it might be an interesting tool for people to check out. I mean, I, I, uh, I haven't even had time to look at it yet. It would depend on how many agencies enter that information. I know the agency I work for, you know, the, nothing makes it to the paper unless it's a major shooting or something. There's some agencies that report all their car burglaries and stuff like, like this one here I just read, but there's a lot of other agencies that don't report that so it could be misleading somebody could say hey there's no crime here look when in fact oh, it's well, just not being I passed mean, on they're obviously going to have to look at what agencies are supporting it i know i think this site the list is the list is pretty long so it's something to definitely look at especially if you're in the san jose california area because that uh, san jose puts all their crime stats on here so it's right. uh it's kind of interesting something to check out though yeah. all right so is that uh is that good, Jim? You still with us? or? Yeah, I'm good. Oh, good. Okay, so enough coffee over there? Good to go. Let's uh, let's dive into uh, the last, I guess it's more of a topic than a question, and it's something that's been uh, in the news lately around me, um, and that's related to a local police department that's trying to do the simple operation of moving from their incredibly old, very out-of-date, police facility into a new police station down the road in a currently, you know, un, well, right in our area right now, we have a ton of foreclosed large buildings. So the city's trying to take over these couple buildings, move in. And basically in a nutshell, the neighbors don't want them. And I guess from what I can tell, there's been a huge fear in the community as to what a police department being in your neighborhood means to your neighborhood. And I think maybe we can take a couple minutes to sort of dispel some of the rumors or some of the, the TV mentality of what a police department is and does, you know, versus what a actual city police department or a small town police department actually is and does. And I'm not, I mean, either of you feel free to go for it. Well, there's pros and cons, I think. Um, well, let's let's start with let's start with the pros. The pros are um, very few residential burglaries occur at houses that are right next to or around a police station. Um, I mean, crime still can and does occur near a police station, but most criminals 
you know, just the sight of a bunch of police cars out in the parking lot and officers walking in and out, um, most criminals tend to choose a little safer area. They, they know if an alarm goes off, the officer looks up and sees them. I mean, they could be busted right then and there. So one of the pros are I, th- I, I think you would find there's less crime close to a police station. Um, Faster response time. <laughs> yeah, they could run over there. Yeah, I mean, you just walk out the back door and you're at the guy's house. Right. So what other pros that you can think of? Jim? I don't know. I work out on the river. I uh, I got nothing. If. Uh, we we must have made Jim mad or something. He keeps saying, I got nothing. Come on, Jim. What, what would be <laughs> the pros of having a police station right near uh, in your neighborhood? There are no pros. Seriously. They ought to bury it. They ought to put it underground. They ought to put it like 80 miles away from the heart of the city that they're going to be serving because Lord knows what... You don't want to inconvenience the handful of residents that are going to live right next door. I mean, what are they thinking? You're going to be bringing hardened criminals and DUIs and everybody else right next to somebody else's house. I think that the whole safety of the city ought to result or ought to be a result just of those couple houses that that are going to be right next door to the police department. Bury it. Mm. Put it underground. Put it out in the bay. I think every city in the Bay Area ought to have their police department out on Alcatraz and they'd be cool. So, so I'm thinking we might have hit a nerve right there. Just, just getting that gist. You know, I've been in law enforcement for long enough to understand and be able to read people. Not in my I'm reading. I'm reading that you don't believe that these people in this city are arguing the correct points here. I think the city ought to send a letter of apology to those three houses in for even inconveniencing them. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? These people, the same people that are complaining, saying, I don't want a police department in my neighborhood, who are they going to call when someone's breaking into their house? Right. Okay, so I've run into this situation. I'm not going to say these people have the same situation I ran into. Is When you go into a crummy neighborhood where this is not, you get rocks and bottles thrown at you one day, you come back the next day, and those people expect you to save them. Right. So this is the same scenario, except it's the fact that they don't want what, though? Well, I mean, so they're saying, let's dive into the cons. Well, the cons, the cons here, they, the cons are what? Yeah, I know what they fear. Um, well, let's re- tell me, re- what, what right. are Registrations, um, sex registrants, anybody ordered by the courts that have to register with the police department are going to come to the police station to register. And then they walk out the yeah. front door and they're in, in the neighborhood or wherever. Um Anybody that's arrested on a misdemeanor charge or a warrant that's releasable, I mean, they could be picked up in a bad part of town or anywhere, brought to the police station, booked, and then they're kicked out the back door. And these people are fearing that criminals are going to be lit loose in their neighborhood. It's going to be a draw of, you know, everybody that has to register coming into the neighborhood. But I believe from the little bit that I read about it is the police department said they're not going to have a holding facility there, which means no criminals are going to be held in the building and they're not going to be doing registrations there. Um, it that's done at a different facility. So it, I think it's kind of a myth that people are saying that it's going to bring a criminal element into the neighborhood when in fact they will not have a holding facility and, uh, and the registrants are going to be done in a different neighborhood. 
Well, okay. So in 90% of the crimes that a small city police department's going to bring in is what? DUIs and Thefts, potentially warrants. theft. Okay. Which those guys are going to go to jail. Yeah. I mean, any felonies or serious crimes are going to be booked to the police station and taken to the county jail. Correct. They're not going to be left, you know, no. There's really no police departments that have a jail where they actually keep people for extended period of time. Most police departments just have a booking facility, a couple of cells where they could hold somebody a few hours, up, you know, up to a few hours before they're either released or shipped over to county jail. So you're saying that if you booked me in for theft and you were going to take me to jail, you don't just kick me out the front door and say, hey, go wander the neighborhood? Well, if you're just going to be site-released, yeah, you're kicked out of the jail. Do you release that person to somebody that takes them away usually? No. Nope, Friends, family, they whatever? They walk out the front door and they're on their own. Okay, so so there are legitimate cons, potentially. No pun intended. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think the criminals so, ought to sue the homeowners for slander that are opposed to the PD for insulting their intelligence, thinking that some dude that just got released for doing a crime is going to be stupid enough to burglarize the house next door to a police department where there's 60 cops inside. I, I think they ought to sue the uh, homeowners in opposition to that for slander. Actually, well, I think they should get together with the open carry advocates and go protest in front of these people's houses wearing guns, unloaded guns, well, right? And they're already known. To the cops. So it'd be like just good buddies getting back together again when they're rearrested for that crime. So it would cut down a lot of paperwork. You just look at it this it way. If out of everything that could be in your neighborhood, okay, it could be a halfway house, could be a liquor store. I think the least thing you'd have to worry about is a police department. So unless you're a Christian. Oh, God. Let's not go there. <laughs> so. We can close this out, sort of. But the question comes down to this, is if we had somebody, or I knew somebody, that was actually opposed to this, Do you know and, they wanted to come, and they wanted to come on the show and talk about this, is that something that we want to potentially do? Hello? Oh, that's a lot of silence. <laughs> well, I, I think you need to find a pro person and a con person to make it fair. Well, I can tell you that we could bring in any of the cops from that department and they'd be pro. Man, because you could go a neutral. Find, you'd have to find a neighbor that's pro and a neighbor that's against and mm, to, okay. to make it fair, I think. Hey, let's just do a live unless show from the bring, city council unless meeting. Wanted, unless you wanted to bring a law enforcement official in to totally explain that, but I don't know. If it's a tough call. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know if any of them would talk about any of it. So... It, uh, it, it's going to be something that we're going to see in the news. I know I am for for weeks and months and probably years to come because it's taken them five years to just get authorization to even do anything with a new police department yet. So there's always been something going on. Well, and you're, but, and you're a huffy town, Brent. Let me put it this mm -hmm. way. I have never heard ar arguments against the police station moving to a neighborhood. I mean, I... I mean, there are some concerns that people have, but that's usually addressed by the police department or the city council. And most people welcome a police department into their neighborhood with open arms. Most people. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I know a community that's right down the street from me that 
and since I work in my regular job, since I'm a reserve and don't get paid, work my regular job, they brought up the fire department actually was told that they were reported that their sirens are too loud in the neighborhood and the people were complaining. Mm-hmm. So I guess it goes both ways. You know, it's, I guess nobody's really safe out there when it comes to having stuff reported or being, you know, cried about in different ways. If they built a fire station right next to me, you know, and it, every couple hours, two in the morning, one in the morning, the air horns going off on the siren that that might wear on my nerves a little bit too. But unless your house is on fire, that's yeah, true. exactly. Then, yeah, I'd be out with the then it's then they're your best. Down. Yeah, then they're your best friends. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll kind of keep that topic in the news, and we'll just you know if if anything new comes up later on, we can hit that as we go. And I'm going to have another uh, 25 or 30 uh, crimes from the week next week just to keep everybody updated with what is happening behind yeah, we should uh, community we should uh, poll cities and see if they want us to uh, talk about all their crimes on the uh, on the air yeah i think that'd be a big negative <laughs> i don't know yeah <laughs> person who comes in last wins yeah so all right well do we have anything else or do we want to close out this week no i'm hungry i, I think nothing. we could close this out Okay. So, Jim, nothing. Mark, nothing. Again, we'll just go over again the- thank you for your support. And please give us some feedback. Type to Brent. Let him know if you heard the show, what you think of it, suggestions for uh, the new show, um, what you'd like to hear. Because we don't know so unless you let us know. So, we'll run down the website real quick. The website is coptalk.info. You can ask us questions directly from the site in the Ask a Cop section. You can subscribe via email on the website, and please, if you do subscribe in iTunes, write us a review. Uh, hey, we're pretty tough. We can take the good and the bad. As you can tell, Jim never gets bothered by anything, so it, should be, uh, it shouldn't be a really big deal. And other than that, uh, thanks for the continuing support, and we'll see you uh, next week. Later. Later.